Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Factor. If you want to eat better this year and are looking for fast, healthy, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to eat and easy on your budget, Factor is the perfect solution. Sign and save right now by going to factormeals.com forward slash TV 50 and use code TV 50 to get 50% off your order. That's code TV 50 at factormeals.com forward slash TV 50 to get 50% off. Ed Robertson's a reminder that Lee Goldberg would join us in our second hour. You'll have to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Chuck Carter is with us in the studio for this segment as we continue our conversation with Simon Napier-Bell. Simon is with us via Zoom. Simon's books on the music industry include Black Vinyl, White Powder, Sour Mouth, Sweet Bottom, I'm Coming to Take You to Lunch, and You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. All of Simon's books available Amazon.com, other online retailers. Simon also writes a Substack column that you can enjoy for free at substack.com forward slash at Simon Napier Bell. Let me ask you this, circling back to what's new Pussycat. Now, okay, the song the song was written and Tom Jones eventually recorded it and had a big hit that yeah. and so forth. Is there an art to finding the right singer to match with the right song? Is it kismet? Oh, look, look, here we, this is really interesting. Tom Jones... When Tom Jones came out, I didn't I didn't get it, you know, because uh, I love black music and blues and jazz. That's where I came mm-hmm. from. And then Tom Jones came along, and always people because he has a good publicist, you know, he, he was saying, "Yeah, he's the new blacks, you know, that you can't tell his what." You know, and to me, he sounds like you know Welsh guy in a pub. He doesn't sound like <laughs> remotely black. He I is. don't understand it. You know, not unusual because yeah. he sounds like a black guy. He sounds like a black guy who's brought up in Wales. You know I mean, he doesn't sound like you know, um, and so. I wasn't a big Tom Jones fan. And then I knew the song Bert was writing because I was right, working with him. You know, I was supposed to have to take the music, the film along and show him what he was going to have to sing the song to. And he, he played me on the piano, what he could, Bert can't sing, you know, terrible voice. Yeah. So he song, you know, I thought, God, that's going to screw the film up. You know, we've got a great film here, but is that what we want for the type of thing? You know, and then we got to the studio and he was running through the orchestra and I thought it was a Extraordinary arrangement. It's a very unusual arrangement. You know, it's a, those funny trombones and things. It's all very corny. Yeah. It also has some very interesting harmonic stuff in it, but that's typical of Bert. He's so good technically. 
And then Tom came in, and obviously you'd learnt the song before he got there, and he sung this incredible vocal. Now, nothing to do with Black. Forget about being a soul singer. That, that, Burke got him to throw that out the window, just do something else. But it is an extraordinary vocal. And it's probably the best thing Tom's ever sung, because he did sing it, I guess, because Burke coached him through it. I mean, right. Burke was an extra, extraordinary musician. And it was a fantastic evening to be there in the studio and hear this thing come together. And then, if, you know, this is in the days when you ran the film in the studio. Mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays, it's all done with a video screen. Mm-hmm. In those days, you had the whole orchestra. It was the biggest studio in England. We had a 60-piece orchestra, and we were in the control room. And at the back of the back of the uh, actual studio, behind the orchestra, is this vast screen, like a huge cinemascope screen, and the projectors are running it. It's, it's a very exciting thing in the old days, being in the studio when they were doing music to films. And then the conductor conducts it in sync with the film. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, it's all done on computers now. Yeah. Um, and there was Tom singing live with the film, you know. It's an unbelievable piece of magic. Absolutely extraordinary. In general, when you find a song that you know is a good song, does it help to have a particular singer in mind, or sometimes does it take a, take a while for you to find the right singer for that song? <laughs> well, if it's a song that's come out of my mind, I'm just lucky to find <laughs> I think I'd be lucky to find anyone to sing it. Yeah. You've got a good singer that does. They come along sometimes and, and take what you thought wasn't much good and make it very good indeed, which is what Dusty did with mm-hmm. that song. Um, writing a song for a singer, I was, I've never done that in my life. I think that would be an incredibly difficult task. Petula Clarker, you mentioned, sang a couple of songs. They, they didn't go, and they got on her album, didn't, didn't go as a single, uh, which I'd written. And in no way, when I was writing with I ever thought of Petula Clarker. And nor did I really think of her as a great singer. She's just, you know, a great personality, and she's a nice person and good voice. And I didn't like Downtown. I was one of the people who never liked Downtown. I thought it was just a corny, awful song. Yes. So uh, I never understood how it got to number one and stayed number one and made Tony Hatch's reputation as a great songwriter. He actually wrote some very good songs, which I like a lot, but I didn't like Downtown. And so when I published for that's a great news for Tudor Clark's doing your song. I thought... This is really good because she's been number one with Downtown, but it wasn't who I imagined. Anyway, it was awful. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't go out. But she is a lovely lady. I went met her her and I thought she's really nice. And I'd seen her when I was only about about nine or ten years old. I was taken to the cinema one day to see a film by my mum and dad. But Sheila Clark was the star of the film. Very, I, I remember it to this day. So she made it. She made an impact on me when I was ten years old, and she must have been seventeen or eighteen in the film. And the film was called Easy Money. And it, you know what the football balls are? It's like a lottery. We used to them. You know, you gambled on the on the mm-hmm. football matches, mm-hmm. and it was the, it was forerunner of the lottery, and you could win nine hundred thousand pounds back in nineteen fifty, which is really like two or three million now. So mm-hmm. it's like change your life. I'm, Completely, totally changed your life. And um, the story is about a family who had no money, and you know they always did the they, they hadn't even got the money to do the football pools each week. They had to give up butter or something for the week wow. so they could do the football pools. And then one day, she, they sat down and they, they won. They won the big, the top prize, and their life changes and everything happened. You know? And then about three days later, the daughter, Petula Clark, plays in the film, is just puts on a coat to go to school, and she puts her hand in her pocket. And she finds the envelope which she'd forgotten to post, which was the football pool. Mm. <laughs> and 
she obviously played that scene well enough yeah. it's absolutely vivid I oh, saw that funny. when I was nine years old like I've never seen the film since and I can see everything in that shot wow, right amazing. now I really did it amazing. and took a look on her face you know, it could make me cry almost telling yeah, that story well, it make anybody. and so that was for Judah Clark so she had a a big impact on me but she didn't sing my song very well <laughs> <laughs> Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One more item if you're like me and want to eat better this year. Our friends at Factor have more than 35 inexpensive, pre-prepared, ready-to-heat and ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, restaurant-quality, and dietitian approved meals that will make eating better every day fun and delicious and your weekly meal planning a whole lot easier with no prepping, no cooking, and no cleanup necessary. Check out that stuff by going to factormeals.com forward slash talk. TV50. If you go to factormeals.com forward slash talk TV50, you'll find more than 35 different options a week to choose from that are ready to eat and, best of all, less expensive than takeout. Sign and save right now by going to factormeals.com forward slash talk TV50 and use code talk TV50 to get 50% off your order. Factormeals.com forward slash talk TV50. Use promo code talk TV50 to get 50% off your order. That's code TV 50 at factormeals.com forward slash TV 50 to get 50% off. Hi, this is Eric Roberts and you're listening to TV Confidential. Peace out. Simon Napier-Bell is with us via Zoom. Simon Napier-Bell, legendary record producer, music manager, author, journalist, entrepreneur, documentary filmmaker, and raconteur. Simon's books on the music industry include Black Vinyl, White Powder, Sour Mouth, Sweet Bottom, I'm Coming to Take You to Lunch, and the book we've been talking about over the past few minutes, You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. All of Simon's books available Amazon.com, other online retailers. Simon also writes a Substack column that you can enjoy for free at Substack.com forward slash at Simon Napier Bell. You got the Yardbirds into Antonioni's film Blow Up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 None are my nasty scams. <laughs> yeah, I believe Kit, you. Kit, you had, Kit, Lam, Kit, Kit Lambert, right through the sixties, was one of my best friends. Kit Lambert managed the Who, extraordinary man, and one of my best friends. He called me up while we went to dinner one night, and he said, he told me uh, Antonioni was. I was a film buff, and he, Kit, Kit was a huge film buff, and so was I, because my dad being a director. And he said, "Oh, Antonioni's in town, and he's the most famous Italian film director." And he's here to make a film about Swinging Dungeon. And he wants the Who in the film, because he loves the way they smash their equipment. Very nihilistic and a great thing, of course. And I was jealous. I mean, you know, Antonioni. I, I, I was never impressed with anyone in the music business, but, you know, film business is quite different. You know, you, you could introduce me to Tom Jones or, or anyone you name in the music business. Clark. Like, like, <laughs> I'm off to see him tomorrow at his suite at the Savoy Hotel uh, to discuss terms. And so I said to Kit, I said to Kit, 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 don't get too excited. Hold on, you've got the Who, the Who are an amazing group. I said, and only you know how they're meant to look. And tell Antonioni, you want editing control over that scene. He's got to be, you've got to do it the way it should be. And, and don't do it cheap. Tell him £10,000. That's an incredible amount of money for in those days. And, you know, you, a group would be paid, you, musicians need a minimum, probably 
50, 50 pounds each, 30, 20 pounds each maximum. Telling 10,000 pounds and editing control. I kept saying it all through dinner. And so he went off the next day and started to know, and tell me, and he did. He said, I want editing control at 10,000 pounds. And he just threw him out. It's like that, go, out. <laughs> and I phoned him up, went to see him. So I've got the Yardbirds, and you know, how wonderful group they are. And after the Beatles and the Stones, a number three group in the world, way bigger than the Who. Probably, what, probably that was probably true. He was. was. The Who were, who were at the beginning stage. And he said, but all this smashing equipment, you know, I, I want that. I said, that's what the Yardbirds do. I said, we've been doing it for years, and the Who copied us. And when they started copying us, we thought, oh, let them do it. We'll, we'll move on to something else. But that's what we we started all that. We're the people, we're the masters. Really? And he said, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Will you come and do my film? And I said, sure. And he said, what about what about money? I said, money? I said, don't think it's his art. We, you don't want money, you know. You're editing? No. You're the supremo, you know, the greatest director in the world. I wouldn't dare go to the other cutting room. So we got the film. <laughs> and, and Beck smashes up his guitar and then decides he wants and to he do it all the time. It. He hated it. He, but he but later he up. wanted to do it all After the time. <laughs> no, he didn't care. We got, we got a cheap guitar. He's, he likes guitars. He yeah. felt he felt bad. He'd have rather done it with an expensive one. He felt bad, this poor cheap guitar... You know, it didn't have much of a life. It was made cheaply in China somewhere. Sat in a shop for 10 years and wants to buy it. We go and buy it cheap. And now he has to smash it. He, he, wanted, <laughs> he wanted to stroke it and make it feel better. That's why you're the governor. You're the governor, <laughs> Simon. That's what he said. <laughs> you do a good English accent. Well, I'll try. Well, let, in the interest of time, let me tell you one hip thing on the Yardbirds, and then I'll leave it to him. Um, coming up this year, Repertoire Records in the UK is putting out a four CD box set of Yardbirds yep. at the BBC. It's yep. uh, 32 new tracks, improved sound. It's going to be the ultimate, and it's mostly Beck with some Page. So that they're, yep. they're still getting reissued. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's impressive how you know. I, I did an interview with Alice Cooper a couple of years. I did a film about Frank Sinatra, and Alice Cooper mm -hmm. did an interview with. And um, I said, it's really great. You, you know, you must. I'm a surprise. I mean, I've known that for a long time. When I had books out, I always find him up and he helps plug them. And I said, but he came specially to London to the studio. Anyway. And um, I said, you, you must have really liked Frank Sinatra to come and do this interview. You know? But he said, no, I don't like Frank Sinatra much. He said, it's you. It's you managed the Yardbirds. <laughs> they were the greatest group there ever was. Right. And I was surprised to find somebody who was at the top in America at that time. Thinking of the, the Arbors as being that that great even now. At the time, I know they were they were a major group, and they represented something very special. But as time goes by and things recede, you often get you often see what changes. And the Beatles maintained their status, and the Stones are still there. Yeah. And you'd think the Arbors would fade, but he was absolutely not. He's the greatest group ever. And and he'd be thrilled to know. And I'll let him know now. Yeah, let him, let him know, and, mm -hmm. and in fact, he had a group called the Spiders, and when the Yardbirds played in 66 in America, the Spiders <laughs> opened for them and did all Yardbird songs, and the Yardbirds are in the wings watching this, and they said, what bloody hell, and they said, oh, it's all right, and they went <laughs> along and did it. That's how much of a fan Alice was. 
Chuck Carter is with us along with our guest this hour, Simon Napier-Bell. Simon Napier-Bell, legendary record producer, songwriter, author, journalist, and the manager of such music greats as the Yardbirds and Wham. We'll continue our conversation with Simon into our second hour. Then we will welcome back New York Times bestselling novelist and Edgar Award-nominated screenwriter and producer Lee Goldberg. All that more, we come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Please stay with us. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.